Maverick News, the antivirus program for your mind. And now, the Freedom Reporters. Good evening, everyone. Hello, Maverick family and new viewers from all over this big blue ball. Great to have everyone back. Uh, we will be joined this evening very shortly by uh, Freedom Reporter Joseph M. Leonard will arrive to share his analysis of this situation with Donald Trump. That judicial ruling disqualifying him from running in the Colorado primary is... Uh, setting the political landscape on fire. And I would say we are at risk of a democratic meltdown. And I don't, I'm not talking just about the, the democratic party of the Democrat party. I'm talking about democracy under fire. They are playing with fire. And if this continues, This the 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 United States could seriously erupt into not maybe just chaos, but actual conflict. They really need to dial this thing back, in my opinion. This is beyond dangerous, and it's making a mockery of democracy. Uh, Joseph will at his views when he arrives shortly. We have other news to cover tonight, though. Before we get into that, we will uh, be talking about a U-Haul takedown in Toronto. There was a, a truck jacking of sorts where a, a stolen U-Haul was, was used in this incident, and police pursued. There was an abduction at gunpoint, and uh, we'll tell you all about that. We are also seeing that the U.S. Um, has engaged in a swap of a Venezuelan ally in exchange for 10 jailed Americans. We also have information on... Uh, a New York County announcing travel bans for catastrophes, and they're introducing movement passes for essential workers. So we'll touch on that tonight as well. Um, Tesla, uh, a, a journalistic investigation has revealed that Tesla has been blaming drivers for parts failures that the company may have known were defective all along. That will be a blow to Elon Musk's automotive company in terms of its image, brand reputation. And in addition to that, Buick dealers. New stats, and these, it's you, you don't really need to, to go to any kind of a study to, to see the impact of this, but Buick dealers have overwhelmingly rejected 
the EV electric vehicle revolution. We'll have more on that and all the other news of the day when we come back on the other side of this. Don't go away. Greetings, brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others out of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow, maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. Jingle bells. Trudeau smells. Biden laid an egg. Klaus Schwab's deal has no appeal. But tomorrow is a brand new day. Hey everyone. Have a merry maverick Christmas. And a magnificent new year. So before we get into the whole Donald Trump, Colorado court ruling, not eligible to run, he's going to appeal stuff. Let's get into the other news of the day and we'll we'll burn through that and then we'll pick up the Trump story on the other side when Joseph joins us. Uh, Top of the heap here tonight, uh, Canada Revenue Agency has fired 185 employees so far for claiming a federal COVID-19 benefit that they were not eligible for. That's 65 more since the CRA last updated uh, this story back in the fall, early in September. Um, The benefit was worth about two grand a month to all Canadians whose jobs were lost or downgraded because of the government public health restrictions. And the Canada Revenue Agency is saying that just because someone was employed by the agency, that that does not necessarily mean they were ineligible for the benefit, given some have temporary or student contracts. But they did review Many cases and 116 employees who received CERB, which is the Canadian government's um, way of identifying that particular program, um, those who received CERB were found to be eligible for the benefit. 
And the CRA says those who were ineligible are expected to pay back the money if they have not already done so. So what do you call that? Well, that's that's embezzlement. Okay, so you have government employees working for the tax department, the tax man, the tax woman. These are people who come after you if you don't pay all your taxes. And if you're not paying all your taxes, they're going to get you. Well, seems like a few of them maybe weren't quite as honest as we would like them to be. So that's a developing story that I'm sure we'll hear more about in the weeks and months ahead. Ah, what else do we have for you tonight before we get into the Trump story? Um, the United States, the Biden administration, has completed a prisoner swap with Venezuela. They've granted clemency to one of Venezuela's um one of Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro's closest allies in exchange for the freedom of 10 Americans. They had been jailed in the country and are currently en route back to the United States at this hour, according to the White House. As part of this deal, the White House says that Venezuela has also allowed fugitive Leonard Glenn Francis, or Fat Leonard, as he is known, uh, the mastermind behind the worst corruption scheme in the history of the United States Navy to be taken into U.S. custody, and that it will release a high-profile member of the country's opposition party charged with treason, free another 20 political prisoners, as well as suspend arrest warrants for other opponents to Maduro. We don't have all the identities of the prisoners who are being released, but uh, senior officials with the Biden administration say Avon Hernandez, Gerald Kenamore, Joseph Cristela, and Savoie Wright are among them. Hernandez, Kenmore, Cristela were all charged with illegally crossing the border into Venezuela from Colombia in 2022. The details surrounding their arrests remain murky, and we know even less about the circumstances surrounding Wright's arrest, which happened back in um, October. Venezuelan officials have not publicly spoken about these allegations against him. So this is also a developing story. We'll keep you updated on this as this unfolds during the course of this week, I expect we'll probably start to hear more about it. The U.S. exchanged two of Maduro's nephews for seven wrongfully detained Americans, including five oil executives, part of a group known as the Sitgo Six that were jailed in Venezuela for nearly half a decade. So there is a history of the United States engaging in this kind of swapping of prisoners in the past. And this is just a, another example of that. 
And it's also, I think, uh, an illustration of how dangerous working abroad can actually be, especially if you are working in countries that are not entirely U.S. friendly or Western friendly, like Venezuela and many countries in the Middle East as well can be very, very dangerous. Um, in automotive news, last, well, in, yeah, last year, General Motors gave Buick dealers across the country a simple choice. They could invest money and prepare for electric vehicles, or they could take a buyout. So now here we are about a year later, and Buick is reporting that they have lost nearly half of all their dealerships as the company prepares to roll out the first of their electric cars. So this information is coming from the Automotive News Trade Journal, or the Trade Journal Automotive News, I should say, that the number of Buick dealers in the United States dropped about 47%. That's nearly half during this past year. At the beginning of the year, the network included 1,958 dealerships. Now, you, you fast forward a year later to where we are today, and that figure is now at about 1,000. And it looks like even more dealers could disengage, shut down in the coming weeks because the bio program is not over. It's still open and is continuing. This is just a further illustration of how the adoption of electric vehicles, the transition to an electrified auto industry is not going exactly the way the government had been planning. Nevertheless, Buick is pushing ahead with the electrification plans, the electrification of its company and products as General Motors is and all these auto companies really are. And that is really because the government is pushing this agenda with incentives, tax breaks, grants. General Motors extended the same offer to Cadillac dealerships in 2020 and about 150 dealerships at that time apparently decided to shut down. They took the buyout. So for additional context, the dealer network consisted of 880 locations in the United States before executives offered the buyout. The dealers who decided to leave, they received somewhere between 300000 to half a million dollars. And they got that money while they were preparing to sell electric cars, would have sent them back around 200 grand. So they could invest 200 grand or take the buyout and take this money. And I guess some of them, a lot of them, even the Cadillac dealers chose to take the money and run. And we'll be running right back here after we take this quick break. See you on the other side. Hello, world. Are you awake? awake? 
uniting humankind by liberating millions of minds at a time. Maverick News. The world is watching. is watching. The sharing of biased and false, false news has become, become all too common on, on social, social media. media. More alarmingly, some media in an ocean of lies a century deep, the truth awaits. Choose not the red pill. Choose not the blue pill. For both are an illusion. Discover the power of M. The power of individuality. We are mavericks. We are the way to the light. Fear not the storm. Join our quest for truth. Truth will set you free. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay. Stolen U-Haul truck. Kind of a truck jacking. The, the driver of this stolen U-Haul was arrested today in Toronto. Apparently, allegedly, uh, a, a person was kidnapped, abducted, taken at gunpoint. And then police were chasing this U-Haul through the streets of Toronto Police say that officers are in the area of uh, Danforth and Warden Avenues. This is around 1130 this morning as part of an investigation into a stabbing of an off-duty police officer at a Best Buy store back on December 6th. 
police say that uh, while in the area, they located their suspect. They thought they had their man wanted for the stabbing, and they found him in a stolen U-Haul, and they tried to stop the vehicle. But he wouldn't stop, and there was some kind of an altercation. And the officers tried to subdue him. Several officers sustained minor injuries as a result. And uh, and then the, the chase was on. So we have uh, Abdel Malik, police spoke per, spokesperson, says that the, is that a police spokesperson? Mahar Abdel Malik says that while in the area, police located the suspect in a stabbing. So I don't know who Abdel is. This is the, the notes that were sent to me. And maybe just a witness. Images from the scene that we have here show that this U-Haul was in the middle of the roadway. And then the cops came in. They finally arrested this guy. And as I say, it looks like he was responsible for this stabbing of an off-duty cop, um, or at least wanted in connection with that. He's the, the main suspect. And there were several collisions, I guess, as a result of this chase today involving this U-Haul. Now, I guess Abdel must be a police spokesperson. Let me just go back here and see what this person sent me. Yeah, Inspector Abdel Malik. So he is the police spokesperson. So this is the official word coming from police. He says the pursuit went on for quite a while. A decision was ultimately made to terminate the pursuit along Carlton Street after the vehicle sustained some damage. He then says that this was the safest moment to take the vehicle out and said that the um, result could have been catastrophic, especially with a suspect who was believed to be armed with a firearm, and it just turned out to work out okay. Um, I have video, new video, fresh video of the takedown. Let's take a look at it. And this was apparently the uh, the moment of the arrest, I believe. And here we go. This is what happened. You can see him being taken down. There's your suspect on the ground. And obviously it could have been a lot worse. I don't know if uh, it's surprising how many incidents, car chases, or should I say truck chases there are that involve U-Hauls. I was surprised when I was just digging into this story before coming on air here tonight. Um, just by Googling U-Haul chase, a whole bunch of incidents like this came up. So... It's more common than than we might might otherwise think. U-Hauls, a vehicle of choice for people who want to escape from police. Weird. Wouldn't be my choice of a vehicle. Um, 
anyway, uh, let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side. Joseph M. Leonard will join us and we'll get into this whole story about Donald Trump being disqualified from running in the primary in Colorado. As I say, I think they're playing with fire and we'll get Joseph's analysis on this when we come back. Jingle bells. Trudeau smells. Biden laid an egg. Klaus Schwab's deal has no appeal. But tomorrow is a brand new day. Hey everyone. Have a merry maverick Christmas. And a magnificent new year. The New World Order Government Overreach The Great Reset Mainstream Media Lies Now more than ever, independent voices are needed. Donate now, at FreedomReporters.com That's FreedomReporters.com Maverick News The Antivirus Program For Your Mind Okay, let's bring Joseph in now, our favorite constitutionalist. Hello, sir. How are you tonight? Are you there? Joseph, I don't think he can hear me. No, he's not dialed in. I don't think he even realizes he's on the air. Okay, let's pull that back. I'm not sure what's going on. Let's see if we can. Uh, <laughs> something's gone wrong there. So let's, I'll just run another brief promo and then hopefully we work out whatever the technical issue is and uh, he'll join us on the other side. Greetings brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. 
We are all unique individuals, individuals, defenders of individual rights and freedoms, credible, trusted, grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow. Maybe too late. Too late. Too late. Too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. Okay, let's see if Joseph's ready to join us. Are you there, Joseph? I don't think he can hear us. I don't think he's paying attention. Hello, Joseph. Are you there, sir? Something's wrong. I don't think he has his headphones on. Earth to Joseph. Mothership to sistership. Hello. I don't know. Not uh, not dialed in still. That's okay. Let me begin then. And I'm sure he will join us in due course. Um, so lawyers for Donald Trump vowing to appeal this decision out of Colorado that uh, Donald Trump is in their view, ineligible to run in the primary in Colorado. And uh, this is putting his candidacy in jeopardy. And it's send, sending shockwaves through the, um, the entire political system in the United States. This, I would say, is unprecedented. And it is extremely dangerous. This is a judicial assault on democracy. We're seeing all of the other presidential hopefuls uh, weigh in in one way or another uh, this evening. Ron DeSantis is saying that uh, he views this as really something that will ultimately boost Trump's chances. He sees it uh, as a something that will, I guess, backfire on the Democrats and just solidify Trump's support. But I'm not so sure. This, if this holds, this could put Trump right out of commission. And, and I'm not sure exactly where that leaves the country. Uh, I think that uh, they are playing with fire because election integrity is already in question. And there are already allegations assertions that the election has been stolen even before it began through this judicial process. Here's Ron DeSantis reacting. Same. No, I think that's just playing into the left. Um, I think the case will get overturned by the Supreme Court, but I've qualified for all the ballots. I'm competing in all the states and I'm going to accumulate the delegates necessary. That's the whole name of the game in this situation. But I do anticipate that that decision was political and will get reversed. All right, Governor Ron DeSantis, thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Okay, so that's what uh, Ron DeSantis 
is saying about this. Let's see if Joseph is uh, has his ears on. Hello, can you hear us now, Joseph? Uh, yeah, I'm having technical issues. Yes. Uh, good thing I tried to come in early because uh, my YouTube, uh, not YouTube, Chrome has decided to collapse. <laughs> oh, So I'm joining you and kind of having issues even with Microsoft Edge, but I'm here. And yes, it's I can hear you fine, Rick. It's Joseph M. Leonard from the Detroit Bureau of Maverick News. First, the weather. 38 degrees Fahrenheit. That's what, three or four Canuckian? I mean, Celsius. <laughs> Send, right. If you're in a southern state watching, you can see my whiteboard. Send convoys of Swiss Miss hot chocolate. <laughs> and also, of course, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. <laughs> That's funny. Well, well it's, you know uh, me, I can't yeah. resist bad puns. So. Well, Mer Merry Christmas to you, sir, and, and thank you for joining us on the program. We need your expertise, your, um, we need your analysis on this, your perspective. Uh, where, what a, just right off the top, what are you, what's your initial reaction to this court ruling out of Colorado that says that Donald Trump is, is not going to be able to run in the primary? What's that all about in your view? Yeah, well, you came to the right guy. You won't hear me spewing the same talking points as all the other talking heads. Uh, I mean, Colorado is like the fourth or fifth state. I don't have that exact number that's tried this. It hasn't floated in the other states. Colorado purely playing politics. This is likely to be fast-tracked to SCOTUS. You'll hear that talking point everywhere, of course, and be quickly overturned. Uh, but what I, what I really want to do, you're not hearing anywhere else, is Rush Limbaugh would say, I hold here in my formerly nicotine-stained hands, except I never used to smoke. <laughs> the 14th Amendment, Section 3. I'd like to slowly, carefully, deliberately read it and then talk about what some of the other talking heads have to say about it. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress comma, or elector, important word, or elector of president or vice president. It doesn't say president or vice president. It says elector of president and vice president, comma, or hold any office, comma, civil or military, comma, under the United States, comma, or under any state, comma, who, comma, having previously taken an oath, comma, as a member of Congress, comma, or as an officer of the United States, comma, or as a member of any state legislature, comma, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, again, executive or judicial officer of any 
state, not the federal there, to comma to support the Constitution of the United States, comma, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, comma, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, period. Now, electors of the president and vice president are explicitly stated. Congress explicitly stated. Members of state houses and governors, more or less, explicitly stated. What is not explicitly stated? President of the United States of America. Some would claim, and here's where the SCOTUS may not come down 9-0, it may be 6-3, is that subclause or hold any office. And I think that's not necessarily referring to president. My contention and a lot of other con people's contention is that Robert E. Lee, the general, the lead of the forces of the Southern Rebellion, could have run for president even despite the 14th Amendment of the United States post-Civil War, it does not, as many talking heads say, exclude the presidential office that is separate, held for the electors. We, as a representative republic, not a democracy, but the Electoral College, an important check and balance that Robert E. Lee actually could have run for president and it been the then rejoined United States decision to support him should he have run. And then if he'd gotten all the southern states and just a couple northern states, the south could have seceded again. Because the issue is that the United States is just that, United States. The states formed the federal government, not the other way around. The states then voluntarily joined the union. The states then could unvolunteer being part of that union and secede. The Civil War issue became when they took up arms and threatened to invade the northern states and potentially take Washington, D.C., which would have been an act of aggression against other states. So all of that historical accuracy is needed and important. And I don't hear anybody bothering to read the 14th Amendment. So if it's political... What do you think the do you think they just straight up wanted to try to further discredit or tarnish President Trump's image? And I'm not sure I'd like your take on this. I'm not sure that it makes any sense because it seems every time they try something like this, he just gets stronger and stronger. So what is this double reverse psychology or what is it, Joseph? Yeah, it. What it is, is uh, like you suggested, backfire. <laughs> it's about feeding the leftist loon melting snowflake base. 
and appeasing them. Uh, because everybody knows this is going to be overturned by the SCOTUS and they need to fast track it. And uh, it was just announced also today that the Colorado GOP, and it, before I say that, this is important. The political parties, the fascocrats, as I call them, the Republicans, GOP, the Libertarian, the Green Party, the Taxpayer Party, they are all private corporation clubs. They are not governmental agencies. They hold their own primaries and they can do so in private as in some states they do, closed primaries. They as a club get to set their own rules in a primary apart from, of course, a general election, which has federal, some federal dictates as well as state dictates. Well, the Colorado GOP is now floating the idea that they'll just eliminate Colorado from the picture as a state and say, we're going to hold a private caucus. We don't want your ballots. We don't need your ballots. We don't need your polling places. We're going to have a caucus. And to me, I think they should immediately begin to do that. Because while the Open Meeting Act and things like that law may not apply, the Republican Party club bylaws do apply. And they need to call emergency session to then amend the bylaws to switch to a caucus so they then have time to get buildings to caucus in, send proper notice under the bylaws. You have 30 days or whatever advance notice you must provide. So they need to put all these things in place starting now. They can't wait till January 5th if that's the new magic date everybody seems to be talking about for that decision to happen. They should move to a caucus in Colorado for this election cycle, change the bylaws as necessary, do all those things. And it's a moot point while at the same time, they must, of course, still challenge it in court to force it to the Supreme Court. Because as I said, three or four other states tried to pull this bullshit and were struck down even in, uh, I, I think it's what, uh, which liberal state? I mean, but an ultra blue liberal state, Minnesota, Minnesota, I think it was. Their Supreme Court said, nah, get out of here with that crap. Are you kidding me? Get out of here. So even ultra blue states know any Democrat constitutional lawyer that's willing to be honest will tell you this is garbage it's going nowhere it's going to be thrown out hmm. do you think there's any chance this might stick i mean look what they've done to a lot of these j6 protesters enrique terrio of the proud boys 22 year sentence and i don't know he wasn't even there he was on the grounds uh, uh, he was on the uh ex uh, I don't, peripheral is the word yeah, I'm looking for. Yeah. Peripheral grounds, not the actual crap capital property. 
and they're saying he's still guilty of trespassing because he should have somehow through osmosis, through magic in the air, the snowflake fairy dust, that it was all then put under lockdown. Therefore, he was trespassing. Yeah, uh-huh, right. <laughs> Give me a break. But he's, he's sitting in the slammer. Yeah, a yeah, purely politically motivated. And yeah, the Supreme Court needs to get off its butt. I have said... I think maybe even on your show before, over and over, like affirmative action should have been decided eons ago, the University of Michigan case decades ago. But you've got Chief Just Ass, as I call him, Roberts, who likes to try to moderate the court. And, you know, let's not have real firm ruling. Let's have very narrow scope focus. That should have been, you know, settled then. So last year we had another affirmative action case because you idiots didn't deal with it when you were supposed to the first time. And you would have time for all these other very important cases you need to expedite in here rather than wasting your time rehearing stuff that should have been dismissed decades ago. I'm just going to bring up um, the reactions from some of the other presidential hopefuls who are out there. Here's Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and his Twitter thread. He uh, says the court has deprived him of a consequential right without having been convicted of crime. This was done without any an evidentiary hearing in which he is given the basic right of confronting his accusers. When any candidate is deprived of his right to run, the American people are deprived of their right to choose. He says he hopes the Supreme Court swiftly reverses the decision. At the very least, he says it contributes to the perception that the elites are picking the president by manipulating the legal system and through other interventions. He goes on and says, if Trump is kept out of office through judicial fiat rather than being defeated in a fair election, his supporters will never accept the result. This country will become ungovernable. It's time to trust the voters. It's up to the people to decide who the best candidate is, not the courts, the people. That's Democracy 101. Your thoughts? And that is why president is not explicitly mentioned except for electors of the president and vice president in the 14th Amendment. And the Supreme Court, if they're using their heads and the Constitution and not playing politics like Colorado just did, uh, it will be dismissed. But you made an important point uh, that one of my talking points I wrote uh, other talking heads are saying this. I'll acknowledge that. Colorado feels it can decide the federal insurrection issue on its own, which case after case after case, when a state decides to coach, uh, encroach on federal territory like immigration, they get smacked down every time. And the other point here, of course, is 
the elephant in the room, if you'll pardon the bad pun, of course, <laughs> you know I can't resist, is not one bleeping person, let alone Donald Trump, has been charged with insurrection, let alone been convicted of it or anything of the sort. It's all basically trespassing or a few that did engage in in destruction of property and absolutely if you took a hammer a bat your fist your whatever you were kicking in a window charge prosecute but 22 years like you pointed out come on yeah so here's um vivek ramaswamy and he says that uh, he'll withdraw from the ballot if Trump isn't reinstated. I don't know what to make of that, but here he is. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we the people select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until tr Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing, or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. I refuse to be complicit in that. I think what they're doing is wrong. And I think it's up to Republicans to step up and stand up with a spine for our country's future. That's really what's at stake, whether we the people actually have a say in deciding who leads this country. Yes, it would be easier for other Republicans like me who are running in this race to say, hey, if Trump is sidelined, there's our opportunity. No doubt other candidates are probably privately celebrating with their corporate sponsors. That's not the right thing to do. I think the most useful thing that every GOP candidate can do right now is to join me in that pledge. I'll say that I will withdraw from that Colorado GOP primary ballot until Trump's name is restored. This belongs to the people, not to the unelected Democratic cabal of judges in Colorado or any other state. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and Chris Christie do the same thing or else they're complicit in what the security state is trying to do to shut down Trump. I stand by that and I expect them to do the right thing. So is that grandstanding or is that um, real, real, real moral high ground staked out? Well, three things, a little of both. I mean, it is a moral high ground, but it's, it's clearly grandstanding. And DeSantis has already made a statement before Vivek even made his statement. So, you know, but uh, before I say the next point, Vivek equals Soros money. Wake up, people. Vivek is just an Obama with an R by his name. That's why he's at 4% in the polls, because most people are actually finally paying attention. You don't have to take my word for it. Like Reagan said, trust 
but verify. I want you to do your own research. Get off your butt and do, don't take Rick's word for anything either. Do your own research. Verify what we say. Go to opensecrets.org. No, you're not going to find George Soros' name in Vivek's campaign finance records. But what you will find is time after time after time of Soros PAC front groups that are supporting Vivek, which is why Vivek is on board with the BDS of Israel movement and said what he said about Israel. But that's off topic. Let me reread again from the 14th point. Or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. All right, if you're keeping Trump off the ballot, we say Biden ignoring immigration law is an insurrection aiding and comfort to an enemy to overthrow the nation of southern border invasion. So red states are now going to take Biden off the ballot. Bye-bye. Want to play those games? win stupid prizes so you think that vivek is a soros plant i i hadn't really thought of it that way to to me it seemed like he was sort of positioning himself to be trump's running mate well i don't want to uh, go so far as to say a soros plant but like tulsi gabbard who a lot of people are saying, well, maybe there should be a Trump Gabbard ticket. No, no, no. I'm off the Trump train if he picks Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is a World Economic Forum Klaus Schwab stooge. I think we've talked about that before. So I don't think Vivek is a per se Soros speaking in his ear, hey, run. Uh, I, but he's taken his money. He's affiliated. He's clearly taking the Soros position against Israel with his words, which is why Nikki Haley attacks him all the time. And, you know, I'm not a big Nikki fan. I thought she did a reasonable job as South Carolina governor. Again, given the state. Hey, hell, Mitt Rhinomney, who I didn't support for president. It's, you know, once he got the nomination, I had no choice but to. But I didn't support him in the primary. He was okay as governor of Massachusetts. What do you expect out of Massachusetts? Chris Christie, New Jersey. As New Jersey governor, he was perfectly fine. Nikki Haley, perfectly fine. She was great as the UN ambassador for Trump. Vivek? Ramaswamy could be a member of the cabinet, given the right position. But any of those three that I've just mentioned for president, not a snowball's chance in hell do I want them to have the nomination. Yeah, you know, I'm not really seeing Nikki Haley coming out and making much of a splash with any sort of um, robust response to this Colorado ruling. Not yet, right. Yeah. She's kind of the one currently under the radar. Uh, you know, she's a politician. So she's going to do that. 
she her even the Koch brothers who are supporting her. And let me say this about the Americans for Prosperity group, the Koch brothers organization. Fantastic group. Listen, people, stop the cultism stuff, right? I always say, you see above my head, principles before personalities. I always use the hashtag principles, not personalities. Just because AFP by Koch's direction is backing Haley and the Koch brother money is wrong on this one doesn't automatically mean you throw out AFP, the baby with the bathwater, and start this ranting and raving that's not principled about, oh, they're, they're, it's a great organization. Not everybody in that organization is going to agree with the Koch brothers. Let's stop this cultist tribalism crap, right? People are imperfect. They are right on some things. They are wrong on some things. But I think Nikki is, as a politician, going to be forced into this by the consultants. I mean, she has to. She, I, I think uh, she, she signs her death warrant if she doesn't. Because, again, remove cult. No, remove cult. Sorry, wrong way. <laughs> remove Trump, who I am indeed supporting for 2024. Remove, I, I want a Trump gnome or a Trump Scott ticket for 2024. Remove Trump from the equation. It could be anybody else. And again, if you want to keep playing these games, you leftist snowflakes, fine. Our AGs are going to go to court with Republican Supreme Courts in red states that will be willing to be political and remove Biden for aiding and comforting and abetting the foreign invasion of our southern border. That is an insurrection. It depends on what the definition of is is, doesn't it, jackasses? So here's... Um, Have I melted Don enough snowflakes <laughs> yet? <laughs> here's here's uh, Donald Trump's account on Truth Social, and he's citing this poll tonight which shows him way out in front in the uh national republican primary with 67 percent up three DeSantis at 11 down five haley tied with DeSantis up two ramaswamy only at four percent as you already mentioned and then there's chris christie at three percent i don't think he stands a chance honestly he's up one and he also came out and um Spoke out against the court ruling, even though he is on record saying that Donald Trump is not fit to run the country as president. What are your thoughts about the poll and, and uh, Christie's comments? Well, you, you know, I, I love Republicans running around. Oh, look at the polls. Look at the polls. When any other day of the week, polls are fake. It's all fake news, fake news, fake news, <laughs> fake news. Well, yeah. you know. The polls aren't generally as off as they were 2016. And I think like a Trafalgar or if you look at like real clear politics that take the average, I think you get a reasonable understanding. But the devil is always in the details. I want to know 
the weighting of the poll, how many were polled, you know, uh, overall to it, to get an idea of whether the margin of error is real. And you always have to take into consideration margin of errors. But I do indeed firmly believe Trump is the nominee, barring a major meltdown by Trump. But I wanted to say uh, one other thing, like the poor, poor, emotionally hysterical snowflakes and TDS folks. Colorado, let me go back to them. Why I say, I hope somebody in the Colorado GOP is listening. You need to move to the caucus now. You can't wait now, like yesterday. You can't do it yesterday, so you need to get into the office, call everybody in, start tomorrow, change the bylaws, go to a caucus, send out, the, you know, get the uh, buildings for the caucuses, and send out the notices while the legal battle is going on because there will be some of the rhino sino trump derangement syndrome morons in the republican party who will file suit against you changing from a primary to a caucus because they're hoping trump will remain off the primary and at worst if Colorado isn't on there, whoop de freaking do. Trump has got more than enough delegates to sweep the nomination at the Republican convention. He can he can lose five, six, seven states, and it's gonna be a landslide at the convention. He will be the nominee again. There's a long time though. Anything can indeed happen. If he has a major meltdown, uh, that could change. But for now, it's his It's his to lose. So conservative um, media focusing a lot on what's going to come next. And it looks like that'll be some sort of an appeal. And it looks like probably the ruling will be overturned. But do you think this damages public trust in the electorate? The, the democratic process in the United States, in government, in the institutions, uh, even further than it already is damaged? Pardon me. I had just gotten over a cold, so I still got a bit of a cough. Uh, if it's not a nine to nothing ruling at SCOTUS, yes. There's, again, even David Horowitz, who is still a Hillary supporter, voted for Hillary. You know, he's not left the Democrat Party. We'll still tell you, yes, this is bogus. This is bullshit. It needs to be a 9-0 ruling at SCOTUS. That is garbage. Get it out of here. Or then it becomes still indeed political. If three or four of the left-leaning liberal activist fascocrats hacks decides to play politics rather than a constitution for a change it will be a problem so i, I was listening to alex jones before he came on the air <laughs> oh one of my favorite guys not yeah <laughs> <laughs> he uh you know and he, his view is that this is really the election being stolen right well, you know, right? And of course, right, because that's very sensationalistic. 
rhetoric. Um, and he had Vivek Ramaswamy on his program this afternoon, and he's pumping up Vivek as sort of Trump's, you know, no. second guy, the, um, the, the alternative to Trump. If Trump's, as he put it, if the tire blows out, um, then they can go to Vivek and he wants Vivek in there. Uh, I, I, I was surprised to see Alex Jones, hear Alex Jones come out and provide that, that level of endorsement for Vivek. And now I'm hearing you connect him to Soros organizations, Soros backed organizations and funding. So this, uh, this leaves me in a bit of, um, I don't know, just in a, in a strange place as I sit back here and observe. What well, are your thoughts me, of that? Yeah. Let me say about Alex Jones, since, uh, you know, I, I'm not a fan. It's not because of his always, always, always a thousand degree hyperbolic and over the top and click, 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 clickbait. You know, it's not that he's wrong a lot. He's right a lot of times. He's wrong also times, but he's right times. So I, I don't have a problem with him, his, his information at times. I have a problem with him personally being so hyperbolic and gin it up. And, you know, Alex is for Alex. You know, I'm, I'm here to discuss the internal politics. I'm not here about me. Alex is about Alex. So, but yeah, uh, the, the Vivek, he, he's a non-starter. That's why you see him so low in the polls. Most people know that, but you know, insiders back insiders and Alex Jones is just another type of insider, you know, I, as am I, but as you know, I call myself a constitutionalist. Now, I don't even call myself a conservative anymore because the liberal, conservative, left, right, Democrat, Republican banners are so tainted and, and, and divisive that I changed to be calling myself a constitutionalist. As you can see, my latest book, Constitutionalist Politics, in the corner of my screen there. So... Yeah, I, I, I'm here to be objective and, and not pro, pro, pro Trump. If I thought otherwise, I'd say otherwise, you know, uh, like I brought in Tulsi Gabbard. And like I said, of, to be fair to Nikki Haley and Chris Christie, as governors, they were fine considering the states they were. This is all relative, people, and times change. Right? Like, I was a John Kasich supporter in 2099, rather than George W. Bush. And 2016, there was no way in hell I would support John Kasich, because as Ohio governor, he moved leftward. Things change, people change, times change. You have to look at the here and now. Who is the right for the here and now? And like DeSantis, I've got nothing against DeSantis, and I think he's doing a great job in Florida. I don't support him for president, maybe in four, eight, 12 years. That could change. 
This is about principles, not personality. So Tucker Carlson today has Peter Navarro on as a guest. He's saying permanent Washington is determined to imprison not only Trump, but all those who worked closely with him. And um, I think he's saying this is this Colorado thing is a real threat to American democracy. I, I have to say, I think this is just further damaging public trust in the electoral process. I think this is extremely dangerous. You have a, a public that has very little trust left in, in the system, especially on the conservative side, especially among MAGA supporters. People, uh, you know, for the past three plus years now, uh, have been many people living with the belief um, that the, the current administration is not legitimate. And now more of this, it just, it just, this seems to be tearing at the very fabric of the nation. If, if this is upheld in any way, in my view, this could tear the country right apart. Yeah, well, kind of back to the Alex Jones thing. With I didn't really answer that directly uh, with this. It it is, and Trump is using the words election interference too. And I I am of the position that someone like Trump, the candidate, because I've run for office myself. You know, there are things that you should say and things that you should leave for your supporters to say. And this is election interference or what Alex Jones said, you know, this is destroying democracy and, you know, that left line. So again, we are a constitutionally limited representative republic, not a democracy, not a mobocracy, not a kleptocracy, not an ineptocracy like the left is making it. But, you know, those things should be left to the supporters and the lawyers and someone like me. I agree that it is attempting an election interference. I think that's a fair term but it's not one to just continually dwell on. We need to discuss, like we have, the merits of the case. And like I literally read the 14th Amendment to you because there's a lot of morons and I'm not a hyper-partisan hack. Let me say this explicitly, implicitly. There are morons on the left. There are morons on the right. You know, even people on my side, if they say stupid shit, I'm going to call them out for it. We need to educate, which is why I wanted to read the 14th Amendment to everyone on your air. And I'm glad you did. As concerned as I am about the way the public views the process, the way the, you know, how much faith or trust people have in the government and the erosion that this ruling um, has, has inflicted on the system. Um, I'm also perplexed. I don't really understand the ruling. It makes no sense to me. 
and I can't see how it can possibly stick because Trump has not been convicted of anything because it's in dispute whether there was even an insurrection. And even if there was, you'd still have to show or prove, in my view, that he directed it, choreographed it, planned it, uh, engaged in the execution of it. And none of that has been proven in court at this point. So I don't understand how they would come to the conclusion that they came to when you don't have insurrection as a, as a firmly established crime having been committed. So what is the, yeah, well, there you go. He used the words peacefully protest at outside the Capitol. There was no mention of going in. Now let me tie this to Rudy Giuliani, right? Rudy Giuliani was just found uh, liable for a hundred and some million to the Atlanta uh, cheaters that we all saw on video with our own bleeping, bleeping eyes when there was supposedly a burst pipe go grab hidden containers out from under desks and then run them through the voting machines several times. There is never an excuse to run a ballot through a reader five times. That is election fraud. Sue me if you don't like me saying it. But Rudy Giuliani was found because, of course, he had, and this is the issue with Trump, blue state, Obama-appointed judges, liberal activist courts ruling politically rather than legally on the law and the Constitution. Rudy Giuliani was not allowed to bring in his evidence. How is exculpatory as an evidence of him, which is actual direct evidence of them committing voter fraud, excluded. So, of course, that will be appealed. And why all of this stuff will be appealed. It's, you know, this, these leftist snowflakes about, oh, election fraud hasn't been proven in any court. No, you're correct, because they've all been thrown out. The evidence hasn't allowed to come into court. And $148 million was the ruling. He's been ordered to pay those women who say that they were uh, defamed uh, be, uh, because of his allegations of election fraud. $148 million. And yet even oh. that isn't enough for them. Now they're suing him again. They, they've launched another lawsuit against him because they want him barred from making any additional comments about this in public. Uh, this this blows my mind. It's like $148, still not good enough. Assume again. Just, how much all, money? What all, what? all backed by the DNC because this is the usual, right? Saul Alinsky-like tactics. One of my last articles I've written at thelibertybeacon.com the leftist 70s, like, you know, distort, distract, deny, deceive, discredit. And, you know, I, I 
don't even remember the other two right offhand, but you could go to LeeLibertyBeacon.com and look at Joseph M. Leonard. Again, there's no Owen Leonard. It looks like Leonard, but it's not French. It's Leonard. It's actually Polish of some sort. Leonardo Wauskowski or whatever. So I've not been able to go far enough back in the, uh, you know, the ancestry to find the actual Polish name. But this is another tactic. You know, Olinsky, right? Uh, focus on the target. Personalize the target. This is lawfare rather than political posturing. It's tie up your opponent in court so they can't campaign. Drain your opponent of financial resources so they, they don't have the campaign finances. This is about trying to take money out of Trump's campaign pockets and other Republicans, mainly down ticket. Because if people are giving to Giuliani, Mike Flynn, Sebastian Gorka, uh, uh, whomever, whomever, whomever's campaign or you know, uh, legal defense funds, they're not giving it to the campaigns, which means you're suppressing your campaign opponent's ability to run their campaign. This is just lawfare. They all know it's bullshit. It's all meant to bleed them dry and suck up their time on cases that the Supreme Court is eventually all going to say, get the hell out of here with that stupid shit. So, um, bottom line, expect to see an appeal, expect to see that appeal uh, proceed successfully, have the ruling overturned, Trump will end up on the ballot, probably emerge stronger than ever on the other side of this, and will ultimately be the Republican nominee. And then what's your prediction past that? Is he likely to be the next president of the United States again? Well, he Again, I'm not here to be rah, 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 let's go Trump. Right. Right. <laughs> it, it could really go either way. Again, we have an electoral system. If it were up to popular vote, even though a lot of polls, it's too early, it's way too early, way too far out, is saying even Trump is ahead in the popular vote. Well, that's not how we elect people. We elect people based on the Electoral College. And certain states, again, with shenanigans, could be swayed. So it could be a Reagan 49 state landslide. It could be an eaker. Either way, Biden or Trump. I'm not going to make the prediction because I don't have, you know, a, a magic eight ball, <laughs> a crystal ball to see. I can vision many different scenarios where it could be one or the other. So, again, I'm not here to be a hyperpartisan hack or a Trump cheerleader or I put on a cheerleader outfit. I'm here to give honest, detailed, thoughtful, logic, reasoned thoughtful responses, not emotional hysterics like a snowflake. And again, there are emotional hysterical snowflakes on both the left and the right, and they're both pathetic. 
Okay, so uh, Joseph, if you can stick around, we're going to take a break, and I'd love to have you come back and and offer your views on some other aspects of what's going on politically in the aftermath of America Fest and Roseanne Barr and some comments that she made there. So I'd love to get your take on all of that stuff when we come back on the other side. You know, I'm up to comment on anything. I, I will piss off anyone and everyone, <laughs> including my own side. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back after this. Greetings brave mavericks. Our quest for truth continues. We go beyond fake news. Together we expose propaganda. Together we pull others. Out. Of rabbit holes. We are maverick thinkers. We are all unique individuals. Individuals. Defenders of individual rights and freedoms. Credible. Trusted. Grounded in reality. Maverick News, Maverick News. Defending free speech, free speech, speech. Donate at freedomreporters.com. Do it now. Tomorrow, maybe too late, too late, too late, too late. Maverick News. The world is watching. So I mentioned this um, on the program last night uh, briefly because Roseanne Barr was spe- one of the speakers at America Fest. And, uh, and then there was this New York Times, or sorry, New York Post article where they described her as being, well, pretty much unhinged. So let me just show you what that article was about. And I want your take on this tonight because i think this was a hit piece mm. i have um, not seen it so this will be the first i'm seeing yes it. sure so roseanne Barr leaves america fest crowd stunned with unhinged rant about communists and nazis um so i, I kind of get what they're they're getting at but after looking at this you know one of our callers during the call-in portion of the show last night, saw what we ran, and Pam called in one of our regulars, Maverick family, uh, Maverick Knight, and uh, she says that um, it's really kind of been taken out of context. 
And then I looked at it closer and I think she's right. I think she was absolutely right. And uh, that's because you really have to listen to what people actually say and then put it into context. And in the case of Roseanne, she's very unfiltered. She can be at times very crude. Um, she's also a comedian. So you sometimes need to dissect what she says to determine if what she's saying is part of a joke or if it should be taken literally. And a lot of this that has happened in the last 48 hours with this media reaction to her again, I think it is a hit piece where they're taking her comments out of context to portray her as some sort of anti-Semitic racist bigot um, extremist. So, well, I'll, I'll run you the clip that they ran as part of their coverage of this. Probably highly edited. <laughs> I believe, yes, it, it kind of is, yeah. Um, and that's an ad. Where's the video? Maybe it was right up here at the top. So, yeah, it'll run here. Okay. Let me get this. Well, you said the key word, context. And the left, one of my leftist 7Ds, distract, distort. Uh-oh. Have you? We lost the computer, the, the internet there for a moment, but we're back. Yeah, you froze on me there for a second. So yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're back, though. Okay, so here's the clip that they, as they ran it, probably be an ad beforehand. So let's just get past that. Yeah. And then we'll course. show you. Of course, there's going to be an ad. <laughs> oh, there's two ads. The New York Post has to make their money along with Google. Yeah. Of course. So, I, and you know what? This would all be too expensive for us to have to buy directly if if the ads weren't there. So I'm not going to complain too much about the ad <laughs> playing. Right? Yeah. Well, we'll pick it up on the other side of this. Here we go. So yeah, she, she makes reference to Nazis and communists. And I get it. Here she is. Well, we're supposed to be anyway. Oh, come on. Well, I, I can imagine. I can imagine. He's just like me for real. Sorry about this, folks. I should have had it better queued up in advance. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to recycle this thing. We can talk about this, though. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do it the other way around. I've got the uh, the full clip from America Fest set up here. So let me do that. And then you can and, see what she said in your, your show. Your show is like the Super Bowl of shows in Canada. So in Super Bowl's halftime tradition, I did a wardrobe change for you. Well, thank you for that. And it's very patriotic. I'll say that. <laughs> um, 
so many tabs open here, folks. I'm sorry that this is. Yeah, you're I've got, like I've me. Gotten yeah. disconnected. I, I've got five different That's browsers not... open, and each browser has like 12 tabs open at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this and this computer freezing up just kind of. Yeah. Which is why Chrome, ball, right? Which is why uh, uh, Google Chrome decided to bite the dust on me, and I had to try to scramble to get you on uh, Microsoft Edge. And I'm having issues. Whenever mm -hmm. you go to play something, I have to hit a play button. That doesn't happen under Google, but I'm able to see it anyway. That's the main thing. Hey. I was. I've never been like much of a follower of Roseanne. Um, Nor have I. I saw her in Vegas you know, once just, in 2006, and I left about a quarter of the way through the show. She, she, I, you know, her TV show was okay, but I, I never found her all that funny. Yeah, she's just very raw, you know, and and I think it, it makes people uncomfortable to the point sometimes where they just laugh. But uh, here's what here's her speech. Yeah, they so laugh let's take at this her, in. not with her. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is uh, this is America Fest. You know, she she talks about the character she played on on her television show, but I think she's very much like the character. Yeah. Here we go. Come on, internet, cooperate. <laughs> oh, for crying out loud. I think whatever's screwing with my computer screwing with yours too. <laughs> well, we just went to the internet company and uh, had them fix some issues. Oh, perfect. <sighs> Cannot continue. Anyway, uh, let me just... I, I can imagine oh, because God. again, I said in the chat, I spoke about Alex Jones hyperbole and all that over the time. Well, I coined the term fascocrats. And some would accuse me of being overly hyperbolic. Well, you could go to tinyurl.com slash fascocrats. I back up what I say. There are 28 planks of the National Socialist Deutschland Arbeiter Party, the Nazi Socies, which later became known as fascists, in today's modern Democrat platform. I back up what I say. And again, don't take my word for it do your own research you can bring up the communist manifesto the democrat platform and the nazi social platform and sure the wording the verbiage will be slightly different but it's all the same thing because this isn't the 1930s anymore people uh in the 1930s the nazi socies again socialists were fighting the Moscow-backed communists in Germany for control at that time. The Nazi socialists won out, and of course, the rest is history. But today, there ain't an ounce of difference between a communist, a fascist, and a socialist. It's just whether it's the red, the black, or the pink polka-dotted bikini banner that waves over the building. They're all the same. It's which ruling elite has their boot on your neck. Uh-oh. You froze again. <laughs> yep, our internet cut out again. I'm very, very sorry. 
Okay, let's see if we can get this thing rocking and rolling here. There she is. Let's bring her up. Down that we're living through right now. Give yourselves a round of applause for keeping your brains working, for keeping your souls clean, for keeping your ears open and your eye, your inside eye, your inside hidden eye. The one that, like, God really sees in you and nobody else. You know what I mean? Thank you for caring about God. Thank you for caring about your country. Thank you for caring about what's right. So, I wanted to be all encouraging and talk about stuff like that. But plus, I can't find my dang notes because I don't know how to work these whatever computers they got. I don't know how to do it. I lost all my notes. What the heck? Oh, well. What do you want to talk about? <laughs> you want to talk about how great it feels to, like, fight, fight, fight. Fight, 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 and then win. You want to talk about how great that feels? Because I can tell you about that. I can tell you about a lifetime of that fighting and fighting and fighting and fighting for something I thought was right. And losing over and over and over and over. And being attacked over and over and over and over. Like, you can't even believe it. If I was to go into it, you wouldn't even believe it. It's like not even real. It's like not even real that they, they said this to me. Well, we're not talking about you, Roseanne Barr. We're talking about Roseanne Connor, the character that isn't you because we own her and had nothing to do with you. Can you imagine? I think of the words of Patrick Henry then. You know, I got to get that quote and I can't find it, but because that was on my dang thing. But it's like he's rallying the troops where it looks like everything's lost, you know? You know what I'm talking about, the summer soldier. Thank you. Hey, here is my son bringing me. Thank you, son. Because, <laughs> huh? Thomas Paine, yeah. Thank you, son. No, I wanted to first read. Patrick Henry, because I think, gosh, this can't be more today, you know. These are the times that try men's souls.
The summer soldier and the sunshine patriot will, in this crisis, shrink from the service of their country. But he that stands by it now deserves the love and thanks of men and women. Tyranny, like hell, is not easily conquered. Yet we have this consolation with us, that the harder the conflict, the more glorious the triumph. What we obtain too cheap, we esteem too lightly. I think this is what we're learning right now, ladies and gentlemen. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a proper price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated. This from Thomas Paine, because it's so right now, too. I call not upon a few, but upon all. Not on this state or that state, but on every state, up and help us. Lay your shoulders to the wheel. Better have too much force than too little when so great an object is at stake. Let it be told to the future world that in the depth of winter, when nothing but hope and virtue could survive, that the city and the country, alarmed at one common danger, come forth to meet and to repulse it. I'm just all in for uh, President Trump. I just want to say that I'm just all in. I'm just all in, you know, I said, I'm all in, whatever, you know, you just let me know I'm all in, because I know if I ain't all in, man, they're going to put my ass in a gulag. If he loses, I know, you know, that what they're going to do, and I don't really want to go to a re-education camp and have to give all my money away to a bunch of losers that never know how to get a job. I don't I care about them. If we don't stop these horrible communists, do you hear me? I'm asking you to hear me. Stalinist, communists, with a huge helping of Nazi fascists thrown in. Plus, wanting a caliphate.
to replace every Christian democracy on earth now occupied. Do you know that? I just want the truth. We deserve to hear the truth. That's what we want. We want the truth. We don't care which party is wrong. We know they're both nothing but crap. They're both on the take. They're both stealing us blind. We just want the truth about everything that we fought and died and suffered to protect. We want the truth. Because we deserve it. And we deserve to have an election with paper ballots. And with proper identification to prove that you are a citizen of this country. And that the public's money shall heretofore belong to the public. And there shall be a fair accounting of it, and where it was sent overseas, we shall have that money returned. to our national coffers. Am I right? We got a stinking uh, system of justice. We got a stinking government. It don't even know what, it's so busy with its hand in the cookie jar. It don't know how to rule people. The only thing it can do is go, well, I guess if you let the guilty out, that makes something that does something good. Let the worst of the guilty out, because that way we can, um, you know, forgive ourselves for being racist. Or whatever the hell it is they're thinking. What are they thinking? It doesn't make any sense. What are they thinking? Why do they shut down the truth at every turn, especially the truth about, like, human health? Why are they doing that? How many people here got the vaccine? I'm happy to hear that I didn't get it either. I was the only one in my family. I was the only one in my family and I was telling them, I was telling them over and over, don't do it, don't, why would you, you know, why? Right? Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. Now they're like, I'm the only one in my family now that's healthy. Terrible. I'm going to miss them, you know. I'm going to miss them. But my nieces, they're all, uh, you know, everyone in my family's a libtard. And uh, my. 
And they're mostly gay, too. Like, gay and libtard. Whoa, that's a double. Woo! That's some hard MK Ultra mind control to get over there. The LGBTQ mind control and the uh, whatever the hell it is that they got people doing, you know. Well, the lesbians are always saying, you've got to cut off the boys' penises. That world that they're living in that I don't quite get. It's always the lesbians on TV saying, we are for trans operations on boys to remove their penises. Is that weird? I don't know. I don't know. I, nothing makes any sense. I can't make Heidner hair or nothing on the Internet. Are we getting invaded by Nephilim from other planets? Is that true? <laughs> or... Or are we being uh, invaded by the Nazi breakaway continent down there in Antarctica? Which one? <laughs> I can't tell. Which is true. But anyway, my uh, nieces are libtards, and they are really pro the vaccine. And they was all mad when they canceled that Roe v. Wade deal. You know, they was all mad and all. And I said... I go, oh, why, you know, why are you so upset? You're never going to get pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're never going to have a baby. <laughs> you're vaxxed. <laughs> you're sterile. <laughs> oh, yeah, we love this government. Uh I believe Biden got 81 million votes. I'm probably the only person in this room. Do you guys believe Biden got 81 million votes? <laughs> really? Do you think Biden stole the election from Trump? Are you kidding? You guys really think that? Oh my God, you don't watch CNN, obviously. You guys are ill-informed of things. I don't know where you're getting your information. <laughs> but thank God you are getting information. I mean, how, you know, there's an old Jewish proverb that said, don't pee up my back and tell me it's raining. <laughs> but that is what they're doing to us. They're peeing up our backs and tell us, oh, it's raining. It's raining there. You're out in the rain. Oh, oh, you're so funny. But I did say if they do take down our president and they do something, God forbid, where they can't get our Trump in there, I said I will. I'll run for him. I'll do it. I'll do every bit of it. If, if I'm needed, I will, because I agree with everything he says, does, and is. And, oh, my God, you guys, I love him so much, you know. <gasps> I really do. I got to... Uh, Oh, it was so exciting. Oh, my God. Well, I had met him before being in Hollywood and all. but So I liked him then because he was so cool and nice to me. But then since he was president, you know, I just thought, well, that's a whole other guy than the Hollywood guy. You know, the president. <laughs> now it's the president of the United States was carries a little something extra, a lot of something extra. So I just wanted to pray for him, you know. I really, really wanted to get in there and say a nice old Jewish lady prayer for him. 
because I think that a lot of these guys in power, they do need an old Jewish woman to pray for them. They do. And they aren't quite getting it in the right way. They're getting, you know, something else. And they need to get the right kind of prayer on them. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Or maybe you don't. I don't care. But it's true. So, no, but so I'm like, I'm going to say a prayer. And I just wanted to lay my hands on him because, you know, I want to transfer energy of love into him because that's part of the prayer. And so when I first met him, I, I just freaked out because they were letting me take my picture with him. So I ran in, you know, and I went grabbing on him and stuff. And, and uh, I, I threw my arms out around him. I was all out of control and not acting right. I know you guys are shocked. You not acting right? Roseanne, what happened? But no, so I saw freaked out. And he like very gently rearranged my arms, very gently. Like this, you know, and he looked right in my eye, said, hello, Roseanne. So I just calmed down, you know, but then I did have the opportunity to uh, give him a hug. Can you believe it? I was able to give him a hug and I just transmitted all the love that I felt that all of you had given me in my time of darkness. I transmitted 99% of that to our president because I know how much he needs it for what they're doing to him, which is what they want to do to all of us. They did it to me, too. They'll do it to you if they want to. You look different or say something different, they'd love to do it to you. So I just want to say our biggest weapon is that we would love each other and uh, that we would know to, um, to cast the blame upward instead of laterally, upward to the people who are actually at fault for all the misery we're going through for no damn good reason whatsoever. And we can stop it too with our own native intelligence. When, the more we talk to each other, the more we'll figure it out. God bless you all, thank me. Thank you for having me here. Okay, so that's Roseanne at America Fest. I wanted to run that whole thing so that people got the full context of everything she said, because now you've got this story, this piece from the New York Post. And let me let me run this. It's very short, obviously edited, right? So let me show you what they what how they put it together. They combined the America Fest speech that she gave with a clip from a podcast that she did. Here we go. There we go. Okay. This is the New York Post edited version. Stalinist! Stalinist! Communists with a huge helping of Nazi fascists thrown in. Plus, one the caliphate. To replace every Christian democracy on earth now 
porcupine. Do you know that? And that is the truth. And nobody died in the Holocaust either. No. That's the truth. Yeah. It should happen. Six million Jews should die right now because they cause all the problems in the world, but it never <laughs> happened. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. Well, a few, few things with, yeah. Just throwing out what she said in the past. Uh, first and foremost, I'm, what did she say wrong? Nazi fascist. Is it not the left and the Democrat Party supporting Hamas terrorist genocide of Jews? So please, please, I, I wrote a book, mm -hmm. right? You can see it. Terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. There's an atrocity chapter. Please tell me where she's factually wrong in that part. As far as her saying the Holocaust never happened. Clearly, she's Jewish. She didn't believe that. That was clearly distorted and out of context. But and in fact, Joseph, I, I just to, to just to interject momentarily, I've I've gone back and I started to watch some of the podcasts that they were referring to. And you're exactly right, I think. And so was Pam last night that they were taking this stuff out of context because she really and I'll get into this more in a moment. But, yeah, she's she's making statements like that. Sometimes it's a joke. It's also a situation where she is speaking very raw and unfiltered. And you have to understand that she's a, assessing Jews, which she's Jewish, yep. and she's she's assessing or evaluating or judging her Jewish other Jewish people by their actions, not just because they're Jews. She's not painting them all with the same brush, like and, a Chucky uh, Schumer. Yeah, it's like she's not saying all Jews are the same. It's quite the opposite. She's saying they're diff different Jews. Uh, in different groups and they kind of act differently. And sometimes it's hard to understand why they're doing what they're doing. And, uh, and you can't just judge all Jews the same. You can't really put people into just, you can't just paint people with one brush, you know, regardless right. of what camp they come from. That's kind of what I've been taking away from over the last 24 hours watching yeah. Roseanne Barr in these podcasts, but opportunistic, journalists seeking to do hit jobs on her can then grab these little nuggets of, of, you know, quotes and, and run these clips basically kind of out of context. Yeah. Just like we can't paint with a broad brush, all Palestinians, even though poll after poll after poll show 80% basically support the terrorists and killing of all Jews. But you know, that's their indoctrination. That means 20%, which I think is a pretty good number from where I thought it would be, have a brain, can think for themselves. And some of them are actually turning in the Hamas terrorists and where the tunnels are and where they're hiding because they don't want this shit either. So you can't paint with that broad brush, everybody. But fair and balanced, I need to, again, quote Reagan, trust but verify, right? 
Roseanne hasn't become a conservative overnight. She's a populist. They Trump is a populist. Hey, Bernie Sanders is a different kind of populist too. So spare me that she's a conservative hero all of a sudden. She's not. She's of Hollywood. And need I remind people, not long ago, she was the Green Party communist candidate for president. So yes, I welcome people from that side who may have finally got bitten in the ass to the point where they're now swallowing the red pill. But you're on probation, in my opinion. Uh, I'm glad you're with Trump. But uh, that, does that mean you're going right back to the left when Trump's done? So you're on probation. Russell Brand, uh, I had you on my show, Constitutionalist Politics, Gray Areas Part 1, and Miss Liz of Canada, Gray Areas Part 2, where we discuss gray areas and like Russell Brand. All of a sudden, conservatives want to make him some martyr, some hero, because, oh, the, it's left-on-left crime, people. He still openly states he's a Bernie tard. Mm-hmm. Pick better role models. Yes. Just because Russell Brand says some red pill stuff, yeah, it's he's because he's lighting his pocket. Yeah. You're a useful <laughs> sucker. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely not a conservative, Russell Brand. No. But Roseanne, <laughs> you know, I and like I said in the chat, I love her spirit, and I want to trust her. I want to believe her. But sorry, you're on probation, <laughs> right? I've been fighting since 1978, Sinos, Rhinos, and Fascocrats for now five decades. So. You're on probation. My life is an open book. You can see my writings. I, I'm an IT guy, former IT guy. I was writing on my own website and on bulletin board services. That's back when there were 300 baud modems that you dialed up from one computer to the other to post mm-hmm. things. Before the internet was ever even invented, I was there when it was. I know all about it. So you, I've got a whole lifetime of history that you could go to Internet Archives and see my writings over four decades and see where I've been right, where I've been wrong, where I've changed my mind on something. You know, my life's an open book. So prove, prove yourself. You shall be known by your fruits not your rhetoric. Do you remember Roseanne singing the national anthem oh, yeah. at the baseball game I, back in 1990? Hey, I thought she was great. I thought that was fun. So I'm going to, I'm going to run this here because this again is unfiltered. It's raw. It's, it's terrible and great at the same time in a way. Uh, and, and this is kind of tease up, where I want to go with my comments on this raw, unfiltered, just very, Oh, I don't know. Uncultured. Here's Roseanne. This is, she represents in, in so many ways, just kind of 
the working class, even though she is of Hollywood, as you say, she's in the in a Trump vein representative of blue collar America. was hilarious and you could see in that clip there were people who got it and laughed like i said i saw roseanne in 2006 in vegas i walked out of her act it was unfunny it was hilarious but that day i was a fan of roseanne Barr because i knew what she was doing i got it the whole point was she said are you sure you want me to i can't sing she knows she can't sing she didn't even try it was still honoring the nation but in a fun way the average person way who's not a Whitney Houston, who's going to belt out the best national anthem ever. And the thing with the grabbing the crotch and spitting, what do you see at baseball games? That's what she said that was about. It was really just uh, just to kind of mimic and, and just make a joke about, about baseball players, yes. not so much about America. It yeah. wasn't, it wasn't. <laughs> and again, need I remind, she... That, and then she still later went on to be the Green Party communist candidate for president after mm-hmm. after that, right? So she was clearly a leftist, but I, I'm not hyper-partisan. Uh, I didn't attack her even though it would have been convenient to do so. And look, another Hollywood leftist, elitist, anti-American, mocking America. That's not what she was doing. And I'm not going to trounce on her uh, uh, undeservedly because I got what she was doing. A lot of people attacked her because they didn't want to get what she was doing. They didn't care what she was doing. It was just a chance. Fellow snowflakes on the right having a chance to scream about a Hollywood leftist at the time. And I'm about principles, not personalities. And, you know, here's my take on on a lot of what's going on with that. And this kind of overlays onto the entire political scene right now. She has become a political force. Back in 1990... I just kind of dismissed her as being somewhat inconsequential in the celebrity political landscape after doing that at the baseball game. And I found it to be kind of just crude and uh, unrefined. And I thought, well, it's just, it's really just nothing and and a bunch of hooey, but it was important at the time. And it is important now because Roseanne was on the left. She was, 
and is of Hollywood. But as is so often the case, the, the neoliberal woke leftists tend to eat their own, especially if you don't just fall into line, toe the line, do what they want you to do, say what they want you to say. And if you don't behave in the way that they want you to behave. And she is representative of, um, in terms of behavior even, the blue collar, the, the working class that the left pretends to support. And yet in reality, they just find it so distasteful oh, that they have to absolutely reject it. So yeah. then along she comes and she is unfiltered. She is raw. She speaks like, you know, the working class, the average American, the, uh, you know, people the, the blue collar. That's yes. right. The working class people. She that's what she is, really. She's that with money because she ended up in Hollywood, but she really is just kind of one of us, right? Yeah. One well, of the that's average. Why people. I keep saying that about Russell Brand. It's left and left crime. They don't Bill Maher. Look at Bill Maher in the gray areas episodes one and two that you and Miss was around. I talk about him too. He says some red pill things. So what happens? The left attacks him he's not become a republican he's a leftist russell brand a birdie bro but they're trying to me too russell brand because he's saying some occasional realistic things and they cannot abide anyone saying anything that has any logic and reason and thought behind it no only emotional, hysteric, identity, politics, fascocrats. I'm going to keep saying it again. It's not hyperbolic. You can study it. 28 planks of the Nazi socies in their platform. They are fascocrats. And then she comes out, you know, from time to time, and she just says things she just blurts things out. She just says what's on the top of her of her mind and just lets it all out. You know, um, she doesn't choose her words carefully. So she really kind of just wears it all on her sleeve. That makes the people on the left very uncomfortable because when she she is Jewish, when she talks about Jewish people, as I said, she really if you really listen to what she says and understand the way she, that she's saying it. It may come out as being very crude, maybe, and, and it could be interpreted if you take it very literally without understanding the full context or caring to take the time to understand the full context of what she's saying. And, and saying that, you know, when she says that six million need to die now, what she's really saying, if you, if you watch her interviews in full context, if I'm understanding it correctly, I could be corrected if I'm wrong about the way I'm interpreting what she's saying, is that there are different kinds of Jewish people. Some who are self-loathing, neoliberal, wokesters. You see it in the street. Jews for Hamas. I mean, literally. The people who want to fucking kill them they're supporting exactly. queers for Hamas Anti who would be thrown from buildings. Jews who are anti-Jew, Jews who are who are like 
we're, we're terrible people. Israel doesn't deserve to exist. We're, you know, we need to get out of, out of Israel. Like it, it, it's just self-loathing, self-destructive, neoliberal wokeism, which is that's that same political ideology now infests our entire culture, our nations, Canada, the U S the West it's, it's self-destructive. So she's calling that out. And she's just saying that there are a lot of Jewish people who are like that. She's not really judging Jews for being Jews. She's judging people for the way they act, judging them based on their actions, not just by their words. And that's very important because when I look at other people who put themselves out there and are portrayed as being very virtuous and and have the moral high ground and care so much about people and humanity when I, when, you know, they, they're fooling people because people like, for instance, Roger Waters, who kind of had me fooled for a while too, who, you know, Pink Floyd, you know, so he's got this rock band behind him and a light show and he goes out there and he talks about, you know, how the poor Palestinians are being, victimized and there might there's truth in a lot of what he's saying but really what he's doing is he's very carefully choosing his words so that it's all very politically correct but in the end he ends up being one of the biggest bigots anti-jewish anti-semitic uh racist schmucks on the planet but he cloaks it all in politically correct language yeah. And he fools people while she, uh, it's, and, but still being, you know, hailed as a hero of humanity by people who are neoliberal wokesters and communists and fascists alike. And yet the people on the, I would say the freedom side, the conservative side, who are not communists, who are not fascists, who are pro-freedom, you know, they're... You take somebody like Roseanne, she's just very unfiltered, so she's an easy mark. And yet she is the one who is really not anti-Semitic, not really bigoted, because she's just saying, let's judge people based on their actions, not just by their words, not just by what they seem to, what stripe, political stripe they appear to be wearing on, on their sleeve, right? look at them deeper and really figure out who they are yeah. and what they truly stand for. And that's why you're seeing so this weird um, alliance that seems to have formed or is becoming, I think, more apparent right now, this alliance between the communists and the fascists. In reality, they've been together all along. We just yes. not really... You're not seeing it because we've been like fed said, this steady no diet of cliches, right? They're on the left and they're on the right. No, they're pretty much the same at the end of the day. And there's a lot of historical stuff that you can point to to, 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 to illustrate that. She's just kind of laying it out in very raw terms. And that makes them very uncomfortable because there's just way too much truth there for these people who are the true bigots. Yeah, I don't dislike her, uh, her crudeness. It, it's not my brand of comedy normally. I, yeah. But I respect her for being uh, the spirited person she did. And remember the joke about Valerie Jarrett? 
There was no racism involved in it. The Roseanne Barr show was a very all-inclusive. There were gay characters. There were black characters. It was all about leftism. But yet again, they attacked her in any way and kicked her off her own show. But I call it the, today's Twitter attention span, right? That's why there's no context. Nobody can be bothered. I want a one-sentence talking point soundbite. And my feelings, my feelings, my feelings, my truth, my feelings are my truth and the facts be damned. Screw that. And since you mentioned other leftists like Waters, I was not a big Bono fan until George W. Bush got in office and Bono red-pilled. Bono was a Bernie bro. Bono was a big, oh, we 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 got to steal from the capitalists to give to all these poor oppressed people until he woke up to the fact of the biblical value of you teach a person to fish, they become independent and can feed themselves. He became a capitalist and understands capitalism lifts more people than socialism ever does and ever will because capitalists want to make people productive, a hand up, not a hand out. But the left, like Roseanne used to be, believed in creating dependency. I give you fish, therefore, you owe me. You're dependent on me. The right believes in making you independent and self-sustaining. And there you go. So it, my, my, so my assessment is Roseanne, again, suffering through another hit piece from the New York Post. And yep. I wanted to address it tonight because... I did run that last night. We briefly, I briefly mentioned it and I felt very uncomfortable because I ran that New York Post stuff really kind of unvetted. I wasn't really prepared for what it was when it came up. And I was like, man, I don't know. That just uh, something about that just doesn't seem, just seems off. I need to look at this more closely. And because I don't really follow Roseanne. I don't follow a lot of celebrities anyway. But what I don't really follow her that closely, but I'm somewhat familiar with her. Remembered all the stuff from 1990, all the backlash that she got from that and just on and on. And her canceled, you know, being canceled by the left, being canceled out of Hollywood um, and bouncing back. I just thought it deserved more attention because it isn't just about Roseanne, what I'm discussing right now. This really is is an opportunity to to educate ourselves and and look at this through a, a broader lens and understand what is going on really over overall and and a lot of this stuff is playing out right now in a way that it's giving us more clarity on what the political landscape is truly like because of this conflict between Israel and Hamas we're seeing these International, you know, the, the, the alliance is being formed, the battle lines being drawn, which countries are lining up with which, who's supporting Hamas, who's supporting Israel. And you're, you're seeing that um, if you really, if you, you know, stand back and look at it, 
it, it's giving you a, a little bit more clarity on where wow. the, the political ideological lines are really drawn and who really stands for what. Because yeah, now yeah. you you followed your intuition. You have common sense. The left has none of that. Your spidey sense tingled, even though you played it, you knew, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. You know, know, know your audience, know your source. And you knew deep down that what was portrayed there was wrong. You hadn't proved it yet, but then unlike a leftist, you actually did research and you saw indeed that it was just bullshit hit piece. And I stand to be corrected on anything that I might not be getting quite correct Me too. because I haven't seen every interview that Roseanne has ever done. I've, I've only really been looking at it this closely over the past 24 hours. So if I'm wrong about anything, yeah, uh, you know, I'm how I'm many, totally open to being corrected. How many on this. people do you know? I'm one. I know a few who have a piece on beforeitsnews.com. I've got a piece called "I've Been Right, I've Been Wrong, But I Will Never Hide from My History." If I get something wrong, I will admit to it. Unlike a lot of these buffoons, again, not hyperpartisan. Some on the left, some on the right, who can never fucking admit when they fucked up. If I get something wrong, I'll tell you I got something wrong and correct the record. Because being correct in the end is what matters. Principles, not personalities. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And I think that gets us to a point in the program tonight where we can uh, maybe look at wrapping things up here, Joseph. Um, yeah, so I'm going to throw already, it over. Getting like 8.30 my time. Yeah. You know, I, I'm old. We're getting past my <laughs> bedtime. <laughs> so I'll throw it over to you. Um, you know, we've covered a lot of ground here tonight with Trump and the legal challenges that he's facing and um, the realities of the political landscape. Uh as it relates to virtue signaling and the left and the right and the fascists and the communists and freedom fighters and conservatives. And I'll just uh, throw it over to you for some final thoughts tonight. Well, I, you know, again, I mentioned, and I want to thank you again so much for having me on your show. I've been on like what, four or five times now. And I want to thank you again so much for having come on my show I hope people will go to Buzzsprout and look up Constitutionalist Politics Podcast, uh, find the episode. You could go to YouTube or Rumble at Jay Leonard Detroit. You can see it on the screen. Again, no Owen Leonard. It's Leonard. Uh, like many would think it's Leonard, but it's not. Uh, J at J Leonard Detroit on most platforms I'm on uh, YouTube Rumble. You can see Gray Areas Part One that Rick was with. Please check that out. And uh, you know, again, I, I I hope I have again pissed off everybody <laughs> to some degree. Because if I haven't, I'm not being an honest analysis 
right analyzer, right? <laughs> well, sir, I appreciate you joining us on the program again tonight. An absolute privilege. Uh, great to have you part of the family, part of the Maverick I, News team. I put team. away my shirt or I'd grab it again. That's Happy okay. to be the Rick Walker Detroit Bureau correspondent. Yeah, direct from the Motor Maverick City. News. Yeah. Joseph M. Leonard. And folks, if you are looking for a Christmas gift, Joseph's book, Terror Strikes, is still available. You can buy it online. Yeah. I've and got it, three. It, Terror Strikes coming soon to a city near you. How to write a book and get it published, which if you're not looking to publish, think of it like a tell-all, but I don't name any Kardashians. It's a behind-the-scenes look. I wrote it more like a novel than a self-help guide so that even people who are avid readers can buy it and understand what does an author go through to get that book to you to buy to put on your bookshelf. And my last book that just came out in August, Constitutionalist Politics, that goes along with my Constitutionalist Politics podcast. And I, I was going to say something else about I've forgotten what it is because I've gone off on my, uh, I put on my sales hat now. <laughs> you got me going on my sales hat. But yeah, you know, and I also co-host of Savage Unfiltered. You could go to josephmleonard.us is one of my websites. So, and yeah, Terror Strikes is not just about foreign terrorists, but as I say, American fascocrats, worse. They're destroying us from within. And that's not just U.S. fascocrats. That's Trudeau-like fascists also in your nation. So you can find any of those on Amazon.ca. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much, Joseph. And folks. Love you, brother. Yeah, love you too, man. And uh, I will be back, everybody, tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I hope you can uh, you can come back too, all of you. I'm sure that most of you will, because uh, we're here every night hanging out. Yeah, Merry you know. Christmas, and uh, I grab my glasses again. Happy New Year. Okay, <laughs> catch you all on the flip side. This has been a Maverick Multimedia Productions.